Hello. Welcome to the podcast, Process Theology, which explains how it is that everything is in the process of becoming, even God, and you are the means by which God does so. You are significant. My name is Daniel, and I am the host of of this podcast. Hello, this is Daniel, your host for the podcast Process Theology. Today I'm going to take you on a trip, a long trip, short in terms of time, but long in terms of distance. We are going to take a trip hovering above everything. We're going to begin where we are and move out from where we are to beyond God itself. Now, one may say, well, how can you move beyond God? Well, one has to use one's imagination, as you will see. So let's begin with the concepts we had put into place in the first two podcasts. We're going to recreate the model of reality. Now, to do this, we began with drawing a rectangle and shading it gray. And we're calling that rectangle the causative force, whatever that may be. And the causative force of what? The causative force, the initial force of the physical universe itself. Now we shaded it gray because it represents something non-physical in nature. It's not made of matter. It's not made of energy. It has no time in it. And it has no space in it. Well, it sounds like we have eliminated the concept of the physical universe itself. Because the definition for the physical universe is the physical universe is all, all, not some, all of space, time, matter, and energy. To get a confirmation of this, one only has to go to the internet. But keeping in mind that right now we have With this rectangle that is shaded gray, we have no time, no matter, no energy, no space. So what is this? Well, it has to be something that has no composition of time, 
space, matter, and energy. And we talked about that. We talked about how there is such an existence, and such an existence is, one might call it, mind. One might call it higher consciousness. One might call it the all. One might call it knowing. But whatever one calls it, it is not composed of anything connected to the physical universe itself. So we have this whatever you want to call it. We'll call it mind for today. And this mind has knowledge. And knowledge exists inside this gray area. Now, knowledge is not made of matter. It's not made of energy. It's not made of space. It's not made of time. So those are the two basic ingredients we have within the gray space. Now we are going to add to that a circle. And we're going to shade the circle white. Several reasons for that. The most important is we want to separate it and distinguish it from the gray area, not only in color, but in composition. And it is in that white circle that we find space, time, matter, energy. Well, now, when we look at that, the significance here is that inside the white circle, mortality takes place. Outside the circle, the gray area, since there is no time, we are dealing with eternity. We're going to proceed from here, and we are going to go back into the gray area and draw a little circle. A little circle. And we're going to leave it transparent, which means it is composed of the same stuff, quote, unquote, as the gray area as mind, as the all-knowing. From here, we are going to examine that circle, and we're going to take it on a journey, and we're going to see what happens to it. That circle is now going to move from the gray area into the white circle. Now keep in mind, there is no distance involved, no space involved in the gray area. So to get from where it is 
wherever it is you have drawn it in the gray area, into the white area, takes no time at all because there is no time in the gray area and there is no such thing as distance. So we're going to move that circle, the little circle, into the white area. And the circle, as it's moving, has this concept of a horse in mind. Now, it has never seen a horse. It's never touched a horse. Never smelled a horse. Never felt a horse. Never heard a horse. It just has the concepts. Very similar to your looking at a picture of a horse in a book. If you had never seen a horse, the picture gives you the concept of a horse, but no actual experience of a horse. The circle then moves with a concept within it of a horse into the white area and moves from that location into a human body what one might call a biobot. Now, this human body is physical in nature, but keep in mind that little circle is not physical in nature. It is made of the same essence, and thus in the image of the gray essence so this circle, little circle that's gray, holding on to a concept of a horse, has moved into a human form, which has the ability to smell, has the ability to feel through touch, has the ability to hear, has the ability to see. And... <clears throat> This human, then, is going to go into a barn where there are horses that are kept. And when this human goes in there, it sees a horse. It smells a horse, a very distinct smell. When it touches the horse the skin of the horse ripples and a human can feel that ripple. And the horse then snorts and neighs. So we have feeling, touching, smelling, seeing, hearing. And when the person gets close enough to the face of the horse, the horse nibbles, nudges its nose against the human. And then the human actually tastes 
a horse. Now, the concept of a horse has automatically changed into being an actuality, an actual experience. With that experience now ingrained into that human physical form to which the gray circle has contact has the ability to absorb the experience of the human body, we now have the concept of the horse changing to a form of actuality. Excuse the interruption. I just want to interject a quick thought into this podcast. And that is that some of you, as you progress through the podcast, may find it becoming confusing. And I want to remind you that the initial podcast, beginning with season one, Episode 1 provides the basic fundamental understanding of process theology. And if you are becoming confused or finding the podcast incomplete, you may want to refresh your memory by going back to Episode 1 season one. With that, let's continue with our podcast. Later, that human, through old age or whatever, passes away. And when that human passes away, that is the physical body of the human passing away. But the circle with the gray inside it has not expired. And that circle with the gray inside it has not expired because the essence of that circle is non-physical in nature and is not limited by the concept of time because it's not physical. And that gray circle, which now contains the actual experience Experience of a horse is freed from the body and pulled back into the gray area. When it gets back, it downloads that experience into the gray area. The circle 
remains the circle. The circle has not lost its identity. But its knowledge of an actual horse has now been infused into the universal fabric of the mind itself, the total mind, higher consciousness, if you will. Now higher consciousness has something it never had before. It has stored within it an actual experience of a horse. Something unique has been added to the gray area. The circle, which is little circle, which is now gray, remains what it is. It does not lose its identity. Now keep in mind that one little circle is not alone. That one little entity of knowing, that one little entity is found duplicated as an entity of knowing hundreds of times throughout the gray area, thousands of times throughout the gray area, hundreds, millions, billions, an infinite number of times throughout the gray area. Each little circle of which there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions, is capable of moving throughout anywhere in that gray area because there is no space there, so it takes no time at all to travel from one location to another. In addition, each little circle is able to touch, to feel what it is that circle that experienced the horse had experienced. What does this mean for us as individuals? It means that you are eternal. It means everything you experience is brought back to the whole of knowing, to the whole of mind. It means anything you do when you are in the physical is never lost. The question becomes, what about your thoughts? Well, your thoughts when you're in the physical are not actually experienced. Therefore, they are not actually shared. And the other little circles are not privy 
to your thoughts. It means that you have a reason for existing. Your reason for existing is to move into the physical universe and actually experience and explore and create uniquely. And everything that is actualized in the manner of exploring and creating and experiencing goes back as uniquely experienced activities. Because there is no other individual like you. There is no other physical creation of a body that experiences exactly like you do. So when a divine spark, we might call it, enters a human body, it is journeying in that body in a unique manner, which, when the journey is over, those experiences, those creations, those explorations are returned and fed into the knowledge bases of the gray area. This means you have a purpose in life. But what good is it that these unique things go back into the gray area? If there were no physical universe, if there was no such thing as actuating experiences, then this gray area, which has knowing, which has awareness, would go through all its knowledge in no time at all, because time doesn't exist there. And the implications of that are that if this gray area, this superconsciousness, this mind goes through all of its knowledge in no time at all, then it would have nothing left to do but to go back through that knowledge again, which it would do in no time at all, and it would go back again through that knowledge it had in no time at all. And it would go back again through it, and again, and again, and again. It's what Nietzsche calls eternal recurrence. And going back through the same thing over and over and over and over and over if an infinite number of times is enough to drive an intelligent existence 
insane. And there is no denying that this gray area that is mind, that is higher consciousness, is intelligent. Your purpose for existing is to allow that whole mind, the all-knowing, to circumvent eternal recurrence. And if that isn't significant, what is? Your first impression might be if, if there are an infinite number of these discrete entities of knowing, all experiencing, all exploring, then if they're an infinite number, where is your significance? Well, let's put it into perspective. God, the all-mind, the higher consciousness, is the summation of everything, the summation of all knowledge, of all awareness. In fact, God is even a little more than that, and in, in another podcast we'll talk about that. But the point is, if God is the summation of all knowing, and if you don't exist, if you're taken out of existence, you had existed, but you're taken out of existence, then God would be less than what God is. Without you, God is not God. What a revelation. Anyway, we will talk more about this in the next podcast. In the meantime, this is Daniel signing off. Peace be with you. Thank you for joining me today. In the meantime, remember to stand strong, stand tall against the forces in society that want to reduce you to mere flesh and blood in order to dominate you and subjugate you, when in fact you have a spark of the divine within you. And it is that spark of the divine which is made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God. You must have significance. And in fact, you must be significant. How could it be otherwise? This is Daniel. Signing off. Peace.